0: Welcome to the woods. The woods is a podcast for those leaving traditional religious beliefs in search of true connection and personal growth. You may be here because you've had to leave the church village you've always known. And maybe you've stumbled upon us in search of something bigger, something more meaningful. Oh, but also you're a little freaked out because you think you're
1: going to hell now. (laughs) Well, come join us. I'm Lindsay (laughs) Picardo. And I'm Lauren Moffat. Together, we're setting up camp with a warm fire to build a community with others who are also finding their way to the woods. The topics that are off-limits in the village are welcome here in the woods. We're so glad you're here. Yay. Yay!
0: This is so wild because one of our listeners reached out and asked us to talk about this topic the same time mm-hmm. we were planning this topic. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's divine. Serendipitous. Serendipitous. So today we're going to talk about motherhood. Yeah. Mother- motherhood. Oh, word singing. <laughs> <laughs> Mothering in the woods.
1: With personal growth and balance.
0: (laughs) With not feeling guilty all the time. No toxic guilt. That's right. Well, this is so good that we're talking about this because I've obviously been a mom for a really long time. (laughs) (laughs) For 14 months. I should be interviewing you. You, Honestly, I'm probably more the expert here. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is fun because I get to see you, mother, up close all the time. And Mm -hmm. even when we were friends this was like mind blowing to me Mm -hmm. Uh, because of my own life story and where I came from. I remember uh, you, me and Mo went Mm -hmm. to the zoo. She was like five years old. Mm -hmm. She was a little squidge monster. Mm -hmm. So freaking cute. We just looked at the picture last night. Yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. And the way that you mothered her like messed me up. I had to talk about it in therapy Mm -hmm. because I'd never seen (laughs) a mom be so like consistent and gentle and kind and like leave space for Mo to be playful and silly. And then also, you know, hold boundaries like that's enough. Let's keep going. Or mm-hmm. we're not getting another thing of and Dots. You're good. Mm-hmm. Like you're mm-hmm. just very, you're an awesome mom. And I'm so lucky I get to watch that every day. Mm. And I think it's interesting to talk about all the different phases that you've gone through in motherhood, sometimes in the village with your small group around you or at mops when mm-hmm. you had to make a quiche every single week. <laughs> Don't ask Lauren to make a quiche. I no pissed. one do it. No bakes, she guys. Is. No hash brown, cheese, bakes. No. But you live that life, and now you live as you know part of the LGBTQ community out wild in the woods mm-hmm. with kids that mm-hmm. are also in that community. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, what a wild transition you've had, just jumping right over that village wall, breaking all the rules. And I think
1: it's so cool that we're going to talk about it today. I love that. I I also go back to what I remember from that zoo expedition. So for those of you that don't know, lens is a germaphobe, a wild <laughs> germaphobe. Can you imagine living with me during a <laughs> pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> and so so this is my memory of that day we went to brew burger afterwards and Mo who's five is playing guess which hand my fry is in <laughs> she's squishing them and her hands and then Lenz picks the right hand and then Lenz ate it and I just thought that was the sweetest thing that was a Makes real- my heart <laughs> <laughs> just melt imagine like little <laughs> five-year-old hands after
0: being at the zoo <laughs> wanting you to eat their french fries yeah. but i'm a sucker for both kids that's right and they basically get whatever they want sometimes i have to tell anya to stop making eye contact with me because i will take her to get ice cream <laughs> she's like can we get ice cream i'm like look away from look me away. look away look away. can we please get ice cream oh, get the jeep let's go so yeah. i am a sucker for them you are they're awesome and, you know,
1: a lot of it is because I see you in them, mm. which We're is so, so sweet. We're so blessed to have you. And I'm, I'm curious too, especially like, you know, you've had so many quick transitions going from single human to insta parenthood to two different ages to COVID. So. It'll be interesting to hear your thoughts as we're chatting. That pretty much sums it up. <laughs> uh, send wine <laughs> and pre-baked quiches. Exactly. To
0: us now. Exactly. So yeah. this is really going to be good because you've lived through so many different vignettes. Right. And so I wonder for you, when we talk about motherhood, mm-hmm. one thing that you've always said to me is motherhood is a primary source of shame. Can you? What is that phrase that you
1: say? Well, it's the number... Two source of shame for motherhood is. Uh, Dr. Brené Brown talks about that in her book and in her research, she found that that was number two. Um, Our bodies are number one. So there, you know, and motherhood, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you are a mother. It means that the idea of motherhood for, for in general. So people who are not currently mothers, people who have mothers, people who are mothers. Isn't that wild? Mm-hmm.
0: There's so much energy around this concept, and so much expectation around this concept of motherhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether or not you're religious or irreligious or anything, there's just a lot of energy around it. Yeah. In general, I'm curious: what is the mark of a good mom in the village? How are good moms and motherhood measured in the village versus the woods? Like, how do you know what you're aiming for?
1: Well, in my experience, you know, in the village, it was about, you know, the the main currency was around obedience and your ability to have children that obey. So the focus really was on, you know, equipping your kids to love God. It was on obedience and respect for authority and then serving others. So it's like if you had obedient children, you are doing great as a mother. If you have children that love God, you're doing great as a mother. How do you know if a kid loves God if they're just like raising their hands in the worship session? Oh, exactly. Exactly. Isn't that interesting?
0: Or if your kids are like volunteering more or like leading the missions trip, then you're probably a better parent.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think if the amount of devotions is equivalent to (laughs) how good (laughs) of a mother you are.
0: (laughs) You know, we should get the kids devotional Bibles. (laughs) I have a teen Bible I can give them.
1: I'm just I'm like, no. I'm visually thinking of the bible tabs like the names of the book of the bible and how I put those on my bible. I mean, those things are just like tiny little dumb things that are measured in the church like yeah. who has those who has who has a marked bible who comes to prayer night who comes to you know all those involvements. So it's very externally evaluated. So that's great parenting in the village, in the religious
0: setting, what about in the big wild woods? What do you think parenting is evaluated
1: with? Or how do you know if you're a good parent? For parents in the woods, I think there's so much around acceptance and attachment with their kids. So like letting your kids be who they are and having a healthy attachment. Yeah, and supporting them, loving them for who they are. Obviously, there's so many ways that this could go, but I think that's the cornerstone of it is letting your kids be who they want to be and accepting them along the way.
0: So what was it like for you being a mom in the village? I'm imagining you wore a lot of ankle-length dresses, (laughs) jeans, dresses. (laughs) I'm imagining you covered your head. And what else? I mean, when I met you, you were still doing small groups and still going to church a little bit. Right. I'm curious just
1: you know, what that experience was like for you personally? Well, I've always been an outsider um, as a mother because I was a single mom. So I already started below motherhood grade, for lack of better words. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she can come, she's single, (laughs) you know. So I motherhood was very different for me. I already started. In my mind, I felt like, you know, I didn't, I didn't, have what the other mothers had. I didn't have a spouse or a partner. Um, oh my gosh. That would be actually really hard. It was very hard. Like a shame, mm-hmm. constant shame wash. Well, little things like when I was pregnant, I, I I hung out with my best friend and she was pregnant at the same time. And so when we would go to the mall, I remember walking into Von Mar and um, you know her husband opened the door for her while she was pregnant Um, open the door for her while she had the stroller and then there's like nobody to open the door for me. And you're just... I'm like, no, I got it. No, it's cool, guys. I'll just use my butt, my my, you know, my whole body and well, I'm yeah. sweating, you know. So there was a very there was a very Was it that hard to open a door while you were pregnant? Dude, it's well, I mean I'm envisioning myself with a stroller. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> I'm like, <laughs> how big were you? Why were you
0: sweating? <laughs> I mean, hey, to each his own, but I am I haven't heard because you've talked about this too how difficult it would be like you would go to the grocery and you would take Anya with you. Yeah. And then you would have to get your groceries into the apartment, but you can't leave your baby alone, but you can't carry your baby back and forth mm-hmm. because you got to bring the groceries in. Like
1: everything mm-hmm. is 10 times harder when you're a single parent. Yeah. So I'm running in, dropping the groceries off, locking the door behind me. Anya's like, you know, in like three types of equipment so that she can stay safe, like in her car seat, in the crib. Locked and loaded, yeah. and then, like running in and out.
0: Oh my so, goodness!
1: So it's just really hard. It was very hard, just and practically. I, yes, and so you can imagine, like, go being in the village and being a single mom. There's already like a red letter type of type of feel, like the scarlet letter. Would you see like if people would
0: people check your ring finger? Did oh, you feel all people the time?
1: Lo- oh, all the time, or ask like, oh, you know, um, so what does your husband do? And I'm like, I don't have a husband. I'm a single mom. And that was one piece of it is that I already felt like I was an outsider and I'm also 24. So all my friends are not pregnant. It's not like I'm 32 or older, yeah. you know, I'm also a very young mother. So it, when I wanted to go hang out with the group, it was like, you know, they're getting together at random times at eight o'clock at night. I've got to put a kid down for bed. I don't have, mm-hmm. you know, or find mm-hmm. a babysitter. And so it was just very different or I'm taking Anya with me. And for those moms out there with little infants going to group and managing that is just not fun. You're just not present. It's really, really hard. Yeah. So there was a lot of stigma and energy around how I showed up in the village already. I'm already like a wild center. And then I'm like disadvantaged. And then there's a lot of judgment around how I can parent without a husband. So, and I'm a working mom. So there's just a lot of pieces. I think that, you know, fast forward to being married and having two kids and being in the village. Um, I think there was a, a focus really on sacrificing myself and this idea of like creating an environment that is safe for the kids or protecting the kids. And what I learned at a really young age with Anya as a young mom is that I could not protect her. Her biological dad was dangerous at that point and just not safe for her to be around and yet, you know, he still had visitation. And so, you know, this idea as a mother, especially as a church going or a village church going mother, that you can protect your children. If you pray and if you tithe and you're like, you can't protect your kids. Yep. So <clears throat> you never know. You never, ever know. You and never have a guarantee. There, it is an illusion. It is an illusion. That, you, that if you obey God, your kids will be safe. And that you can't protect your kids you truly can't fully protect them. Mhm. So that's a different way of of being a mother because it then becomes less about me and my own, you know, wingspan, for lack of better words, like what can I do how, what can I create making sure like, you know, that they're with the right people at the right time or that they're learning the right lessons so that they're going to be good kids and living right and doing right. I knew that I I really had to focus on my relationship with my daughter and equip my daughter, which is very different. Equip like the number one thing is for her to feel accepted and loved. If I could give her that, then that is foundational more well, than teach her. I think you taught her a lot too about mm-hmm. who's
0: safe, like relationships that are safe and those that aren't. She's got wicked intuition.
1: About very much
0: so. Who she wants to be around. Who's safe, how mm-hmm. people treat her.
1: She's very, extremely like self aware and others aware mm-hmm. for her age. Right. And that, you know, that came down to really equipping her with understanding that so young. I mean, having really direct conversations about who's safe around her and for us to, because uh, I had to have open communication with her so that, you know, she could feel supported and that I could teach her those things, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So very different. Um, In in the village. And I think that that was hard for me to feel connected because that wasn't the mission of of motherhood. In the village. Right. So you're hanging out with other moms
0: and their mission is to make sure their kid's obedient and loves God. And you're thinking, I actually want my kid to be kind of an independent thinker and Mm self-aware.
1: So we're not even really on the same page here. Exactly. And I think too... Because of my own journey of personal growth, because of my own journey of, you know, being in recovery for an eating disorder at 19, I mean, therapy and personal growth was essential for my livelihood. And so that wasn't other people's stories either. So my journey of self-growth and healing is part of what drove my parenting and my motherhood with my kids. You had been through a lot by twenty-four. Yes. So by the time I was twenty-four, I mean I had gone through eating disorder, you know, treatment. I had got married and divorced with an abusive person, um, and you know, so I I really had seen a lot, and that just wasn't. I, I knew that that was not going to sustain me as a mother. That what the Bible wasn't going to sustain me as a mother. Or the village. The village way was not going to sustain me as as a mother. It just, I mean, for myself as a teenager, as, as a young adult, proof is in the pudding. It's not going to work. It's, <laughs> it wasn't really effective in keeping you on the straight and narrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I I learned a different way. And I think that that was the beginning of me starting to peer over the village wall, yeah, like maybe being wild in the woods might be a better fit <laughs> for me exactly and the kiddos. exactly mm-hmm. as we talk about motherhood, too, there's this idea of toxic guilt that comes up a lot because, as I said, you know, my journey as a mother is parallel to my journey as a human, and You've experienced this where when we have kids, kids kind of trigger things in us.
0: Trigger, 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 trigger. All all over the place. the time.
1: I get triggered with shit I didn't even know I had and some shit I did know I had, you know, and kids eat my food, triggered. They break something (laughs) of mine,
0: triggered. They put the dog down too hard off the bed, triggered. (laughs) They want a hug after I've already given them 100 hugs, triggered. Yeah. We could go on and on. On I'm sure parents feel that way yeah. all the time. If, if the two of, guys, anyone else? <laughs> no, but if the two of us do, I think that's pretty normal that, you know, your kids send you back to your own childhood, that's send right. you back to your own core needs. That's right. And if they were mad or not, and if your cup is full enough to give to them, that's
1: right. So, you know, we're, I'm reparenting the 10 year old little girl of, you know, little Lauren as I'm standing in front of my own ten-year-old little girl, that's right. You know, so those are parallel paths of growth. And man, I, I I imagine there are people feeling that just how much restraint, how much emotional intelligence, how much that takes to be able to be present in my own emotion, notice what my child is feeling, take care of my own need because that's important, and also recognize that I'm parenting a child who. I am responsible to be the parent, the teacher, the leader. You know what I mean? There's Mm -hmm, so many mm -hmm. dynamics in just one. My sister ate my bagel and, you know, buy me more, basically. You know what I mean? That's actually
0: a real story. (laughs) That's not off the cuff.
1: But that's, you know, you bring up a really interesting point
0: that we both have learned this, especially this last year. You already kind of knew it, but I'm starting to learn it, is we have to take care of ourselves as moms Mm 1st and. Even moms hearing that right now, some will bristle and some will, some will say, oh my gosh, thank you for finally saying that. But when, we're, when we are not in a good spot, grounded, filled up, taking care of our basic needs, our emotional needs, it's very hard to be present for a child. The patience oh, yeah. factor is like zero. So, yep. And I think in the church and in the village, you know, for a mom to choose herself, for you and I to go to Pilates...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, instead of staying home and playing a board game with the kids, for us to go for a walk for 30 minutes at night mm-hmm. and let the kiddos play on the computer, all of that, that still pushes against that narrative mm-hmm. that moms are supposed to be like the giving tree from mm-hmm. Shell Silverstein. And mm-hmm. just until you are a freaking stump, that is your mission.
1: Well, and there's something wrong with you that you can't give like that. I mean, that's that's the... Even deeper piece, like what's wrong with me? Why can't I give like that, or why don't I want to give like that, or why don't I have the reserves to give like that, or why do I why go, do I get angry when I give like that? There's so mm-hmm. much judgment around it. That's true. Yeah, that's really true.
0: And so, part of living in the woods, it sounds like too, is kind of wiggling out of even beliefs and constructs that don't serve you and ultimately don't help
1: the kids develop and grow. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Didn't we just he- hear a podcast or someone say like, I'm letting my child choose what they believe, their their faith, their belief. Like I'm letting them choose if they want to believe in God or not. In the village, that would be unheard of. But in the woods, that is much more accepted. To let your kid kind of
0: explore those worlds.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to have that type of separation too, which is my child is going to have their own beliefs that are apart from my own. Their own opinions about things. Yes. My job isn't to teach my child mine. My job is to equip my child to think about what they want.
0: Yeah, I see that a lot in the like generational work too where mm-hmm. you know parenting styles vacillate every single generation. We decide to do it differently. Mm-hmm. And I see Gen Z, which Anya's in Gen, uh, a Gen Z-er, you can see that they want a revolution. Mm-hmm. They want to do things differently. Mm-hmm. They want to be the hero of our society and change the rules. And And we see this kind of, there's four generations that go through this mm-hmm. pattern, this cycle. And you can see how different she is and how different her mm-hmm. childhood has been. She's much more attached to you. We see that with Gen Zs a lot, that they're much more attached to their parents and want to spend quality time, even as teens.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we always joke like you and I were like, I'm out, like I'm on my bike, man. I'm like as soon as a I mile had something from with home, wheels. Yeah, <laughs> I just imagine I'm you like here. a little. I just imagine you like a little Hot Wheels with like a a <laughs> <charmed> blow pop. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm mom. out. Yeah, see you later. But there's this idea of like having healthy separation, and in that you can still be connected and attached. That's that's complex. That's not just do as
1: I say. It is, and there are things that I say to myself which may be a little bit. I don't know, like rub people wrong. But for myself, it's like, these children are not gonna live in my home for the rest of their life. My life is separate from them. I have, they will live their own life. They will they will do the things that I just spoke about. So there's, there's something about helping me take my own ownership of my life. It doesn't mean that motherhood isn't a responsibility of mine. It's not a, a role that I play. But I'm also very conscientious that I have one life you know, I have mm-hmm. gifts. I have things that I would like to do and that that is very good for my kids to see. You go after things. Yes. And and not just kind of worship them. Yes. So I think that's also been uh, maybe, maybe a feeling of being an outsider at times. Um, but I think the other piece that I thought about, I had a very visceral story that I remember that was kind of a crux for myself where, Personal growth became a bigger journey than what it had been. And so Mo was between two or three, Anya was seven. And I felt very restless in my life. And motherhood had been very much my predominant focus because Mo was so little and, you know, she just took a lot of physical care. And at that point, I just thought, I'm restless, I'm lonely, I'm not living into my purpose, and I'm concerned. I'm concerned about my Mm -hmm. own well-being at this point. And you know, I did some personal searching, but there was a moment where I decided that I was gonna basically go back to school and that would mean that I would miss more of Mo's life. And that was a very difficult choice. And I think I just like to say that out loud because I think it's good for other moms to hear that just because you choose yourself doesn't mean that it feels great. It is, a, it is a deliberative choice that honors your values or your dreams or what, what you would like to do. And there is still can be a feeling of fallout there, or there can still be something that you're managing emotionally. Like, am I hurting my kid or will she be okay? Or, you know, those questions. And then I start to lean outward, like, okay, could my mom be more involved? Could, my spouse be more involved could I do this so that my child could you know have playtime with this person so it's such I, I I get back to the whole thing of like motherhood it really does take a village mm-hmm. really does take a village and how difficult that can be to not be super mom what a funny way to say the village but yeah yeah oh yeah you're right you're you're, you're <laughs> double entendre I guess you know? yeah
0: Motherhood does take a pack. A pack. A pack of woman wolves. I was exactly what I was thinking. To raise children. I think that we've talked about this too. It's distinctly a Northern American, United States culture that two parents, typically a heteronormative couple, spend all of their free time with their family and with their children. And in other cultures, kids are running around with the rest of the kids all day and Mm -hmm. all the parents are spending their time together and, you know, all the parents are kind of, and we've looked at this anthropologically too, mm-hmm. all the parents are kind of responsible for all the kids. So there's, there are cultures where if you go and say, who's your mom and dad? Kids don't understand that construct. They, mm-hmm. they can point to any adult mm-hmm. and say it's their mom and dad. And I think it's so much pressure in our society that these two parents, and almost always the mom, we see that with pandemic statistics of moms coming home from work and leaving their jobs to raise their kids during the pandemic, you know, there's so much pressure on two people oh to gosh. raise another human being. Yeah. It's just not, that is not the norm. I think that's also important to say if you feel claustrophobic as a mom, cause you're home all day and you're like, why don't I like playing with blocks? Oh. Ugh, why don't I like playing board games all day with my kids? Because that's not the norm in the rest of
1: the world. Mm-hmm. Well, and it really isn't sustainable. Truly. Like we're, we hobble along with that dynamic you know, we just do the best yeah, that we, we can. we just all
0: try to do it.
1: Yeah. And then, yeah. F- you know, deal with the guilt piece. Well, and I think the other piece, too,
0: is that you are a super nurturing person. You are a very feminine, nurturing, loving, caring person. And that doesn't mean that you can't also love having a job mm-hmm. and love being out in the world and producing, too. Mm-hmm. You can be an awesome, present mom and be very attuned to your children and have a life outside Mm -hmm. of them. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, I really do kind of think through each day and think of potent moments that I can give to my kids, you know, like touch, like quick touch, potent moments that are like high return, you know? Yeah. You do a really long bedtime routine, Yep, really long bedtime. And I mean, I even put a reminder like, you know, Hey, this is really important you know, this This like matters plan to around you, this. plan around it, you know, and that's just for me, you know, but I know that that's really important to Mo, which is why I do it. Mm-hmm. And then in the morning, you know, that's another important piece. So, and then obviously if they're in, if they're having emotional, you know, I want them to express all of their emotions and I give a ton of space for them to do that. That was not okay in the village. That's part of what messed me up when we went
0: to the zoo Mm and Mo was five because you let Mo share all of her feelings about everything at the zoo. (laughs) And I was like, kid, stop complaining. Stop talking. Like, just be cool, man. And then I was like, oh, that's not how all kids are. Oh, Mm -hmm. They're not all 100% compliant and friendly all the time.
1: Huh. That's been an
0: interesting lesson
1: in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I mean, those you know, realizing too, like anger was not an emotion that was okay in my house growing up as a kid. Yeah. yeah. So that's been really important. That's been a growth edge of mine to allow to be a container for anger, which hello therapy. Thank you for sponsoring <laughs> me for the last 10 years and my coach. Yeah. Um. But also, you know, that can be a prick of ourselves. Like their emotion is uncomfortable for me and it's bringing up stuff in me, and I want them to just shut up or stop doing that or whatever it is. Well, and in the village, you could say, like, hey, we honor God in this house. We don't
0: complain. Mm -hmm. There is no space for that or, you know, whatever. There's an ideal image of what a child of God Mm -hmm. in a Christian family looks like. Mm -hmm. Friendly, hopeful, encouraging, giving, kind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of that's just temperament. Some kids are just not that... You know, some kids are little storm clouds or little Enneagram fours and they just need to feel all all of the range of feelings. And I think that's a big difference in the woods too is all feelings are acceptable here. Some are more comfortable than others. Some are uncomfortable. None are wrong or right. They're simply indicators. And that's been, that has really challenged me too because I grew up in a Christian home and there were certain, you know, there's not a lot of space for disappointment, for frustration, for... Anger, there's just not a lot of space for that. You know, we're trying to live lives that honor God, and very interesting to walk into the middle of two children's lives who have emotional bandwidth, language around it, and can speak to it and feel the freedom to share Mm -hmm. how they're doing. Mm -hmm. That's been a big change from the way I grew up in the village to being like in the woods with a bunch of kiddos. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, well said. And I think that whole integrated piece, you know, integrated as, as adults, like there are thing, there's frustration, anger, falling short, um, you know, all those things that are hard to see or hard to accept about ourselves. Those same things are in the, ki- in, in kids, you know, tiny little humans. So it's this, this idea of, you know, in the, in the woods, being able to feel fully integrated and to love someone because of those things. Not in spite of, but because of those things, like the texture of who they are, to fully embrace that—that's mm-hmm. deep, deep love. Totally. You know, I think motherhood is no different, and um, my growth—you know, my own personal growth—has been, um, and it's just an ongoing, fluid process. I just, I, I talk with my coach about this probably once a month about motherhood and my own personal growth and what does that mean? And so it's never really over for me. I'm constantly making choices of where will my focus be this week? Where will my energy be this week? And working through those emotions that can come with it. That's just real.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we talked about this because I think we talk a lot about how faith informs our reality Mm -hmm. and how the moral choices that we believe are concrete in the village. You know, things aren't the same in the woods. It is more wild. There is more openness. Mm -hmm. And that's I think that's really helped us be better parents Mm -hmm. and more open to the future of humanity, more open to our Mm -hmm. community of people that aren't like us. Mm -hmm.
1: I think it's really powerful. I think so too. I'm curious for you, you know, as you think about your fast track to parenthood, what is something that you have learned or you have reflected on with motherhood in the village versus the woods? I've learned overall that
0: every mother deserves so much respect. Mm. And I've learned that being a single mom is truly an impossible feat.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I've learned that You know, there are great moms in the village. There are moms that aren't quite attuned and are really hurting in the village. Mm -hmm. There are great moms in the woods. There are self-centered moms in the woods. Mm -hmm. And so even um, loosening my judgment on Mm -hmm. Christian moms and letting them raise their kids too, there's a lot of, it's so funny that after you jump over the wall, it's kind of like, yeah, you all suck. (laughs) You're the worst. (laughs) And you're almost just like doing the same thing that you used to do in the village. But yeah. towards this, it's kind of crazy for... Yeah. I mean, it's it's an interesting experience. So I think leaving space and then also, you know, recognizing how hard it was for my parents that they were really doing mm-hmm. their best when they were raising me. And the church gave them some structure to know if I was on the right path and if they were doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And it created a sense of community. And so even just leaving space for everyone to kind of process where they're at in life and what they need and the type of support that they need. I think my parents really needed the church and they needed me to like have some fear of God in me because I was kind of kind of wild. So it probably, you know, shaped the trajectory of my life and mm-hmm. kept me on the straight and narrow, except I'm gay. So, so <laughs> sorry that didn't work. I'm sure there's a lot of, there's a lot there and I've done a lot of therapy to even be able to say this and feel warmth and not like <laughs> just saying things I shouldn't say, but I think it's really, um, motherhood is a journey for everybody and there's so much guilt. And, and I really would love my gift to the world. If it could be that moms deeply understand the creation power inside of them, Mm -hmm. that they are truly magical. You create something from nothing Mm -hmm. and you have instincts around how to take care of your kids and, Mm. Humans are good to their core. They're not sinful to their core. If I could embed that mm-hmm. in each one of us, I think, you know, that could really help. So if anybody can figure out how to do that.
1: <laughs> I love what you said. And I think the piece of there
0: is really no roadmap to motherhood. There isn't. I mean, you can adopt one. You can adopt the church's one. You can adopt the yep. high faith one if you want. You can do it however you can take the, the latest psychologist view on yep. motherhood. And at the end of the day you're navigating that bad boy that life being a mom you you've got to navigate that on your own
1: terms you do cuz it's so personalized yeah and i love that that mother creative energy that is and that all mothers really that whole respect piece you know you're it's just a beautiful thing
0: yeah and even i think too, i have a new heart for step parents too because i'm a step parent mm-hmm. and I never really envisioned having kids of my own biologically. I was probably going to adopt kids Mm -hmm. maybe, or be just be in this type of situation if Mm -hmm. I wanted to have kids Mm -hmm. in my life. And so even just having respect for all forms Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. um, motherhood and fatherhood and parenthood really, Mm -hmm. it doesn't even have to be the gender, you Mm -hmm. know, mothers and fathers. I have my own feelings about Mm -hmm. gender roles around that too, but you know, being an ally for anyone that is just experiencing what it's like to raise another human being Mm -hmm. and the impact and the responsibility of that. I just have so much respect for that, that I think before, you know, I I just couldn't really see it. And now I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is Mm -hmm. truly life altering commitment to another human Mm -hmm. in a way that I couldn't have imagined before. So much respect to all the moms out there, wherever you are, If you live in the village, welcome. If you jumped over the wall and you're in the woods, welcome. If you're somewhere in between, fantastic. We're glad you're here. We're glad that you came and Mm -hmm. we'd love to hear from you. You can join us. We have a page on Facebook. Um, If you just Google my name, shoot me an email through my website or shoot me a message on Facebook, we'll get you in the group. We keep it closed pretty much just because we don't need a bunch of trolls in there bothering you. So if you want to come and process life in a safe place, that's what we have on that Facebook group. Thanks everybody for listening until next time. We'll see you
1: wild and free in the woods. Woo.